0: Finally, a talk show that helps you defeat mediocre Christianity and walk in genuine friendship with God. Coach and Joe starts right now.
1: (laughs) Welcome to Coach and Joe. Well, I'm awake. (laughs) Uh, The reason we start laughing is five seconds before we go live, I always scream Brian's name. Uh, Brian Fanny's name. People don't realize... Then I'm about to do it. Vince just yeah, got me just, an inch out of his seat. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to rise. Well, I'm here with Tubby Krueger, one of the all-time greats from Moultrie, Georgia, which people don't know. Tubby's a great golfer, actually. Won some was. Uh, was. <laughs> you won some tournaments late in life in your 60s.
2: No, fifth. Starting at 55, 55, 55, 56, 57. Three-time defending senior uh, South Georgia champion. Three-time. That's pretty impressive.
1: And Vance is a uh, your hobby's probably golf, wouldn't you say? You gotten a lot better in the last few years.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I've you hunt found, too. Yeah,
0: and I finally straightened out my slice, so I'm happy about that. You're an
1: outdoors outdoorsman. I like it. Yeah. I you're um, not a bad golfer yourself, or uh, I don't that's want why, to brag, the short struggling good. preacher.
2: <laughs> you know? yeah,
1: I, I um I love because I, I don't talk about it a lot when I play with with uh, people you know out on the golf course, or whatever. They, I guess they just think because you're a pastor, you're just going to be a bad golfer. It's really funny. When they find out I'm a pastor, mm-hmm. then they say, oh, you must not be spending a lot of time with the <laughs> Lord then. You must be playing golf too much. You must not be studying for your sermons. I got a word of knowledge yesterday. Someone said that uh, it was actually Corey Reed, our youth pastor here. He said, God connects with you on the golf course. And of course we're talking about this because y'all don't even know where the show's going. And this is where the show's going today. I want to talk about practically how, how does a person connect with God? So let me break this down. You ready? All right. Mm-hmm. We help people walk in friendship with God. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm getting a dissertation almost done with it. Praise God uh, from Regent University. My doctoral dissertation is on three things: what was lost in the Garden, what did Jesus offer at Calvary, but the most important thing for the dissertation: how do you measure connection with God? Mm. So if you go to the doctor right now, they can take your blood work, check your plasma levels, your height, your weight. Um, I can look up your bank account right now. There's a metric for that. I can tell you how much money you have. It's right there. Pretty much everything in life has a metric. That's right. Um, If I can't measure it, it's probably not going to grow. Here's where it gets a little bit sticky. People have a hard time connecting with the God they can't see, taste, touch, feel here. Then you start. Asking a person, well, how do you measure your level of friendship with God? I have always wanted a tool to help people measure their level of friendship with God. And see, those are the five things we
0: use to measure anything.
1: Yes. Yes. But when it comes to God, people, they don't know how to measure friendship with God. Mm -hmm. So before we even get into a a tool, what, let's start with Vince and then we'll go, Tubby. How do you connect with a God you can't see? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) See, but you know what I'm saying? You can't like, I can look at Tubby. He's right here. I go to connect with the, I can't see the father. Nope. I mean, the Lord, I've had a couple encounters with him and he's not standing here. Yep. At least if he is, I don't know he is. I can't get my hands on Holy Spirit, but yet we walk in friendship with God. Yes, we do. So don't tell me how I should. How do you. How do I connect with father?
0: Yes. Oh my, it's, you know, I talk to him. I talk to him. I talk to him constantly. I talk to him when uh, when uh, I'm sitting down, when I'm coming, when I'm going. I just talk to him, and he talks back. A lot of times, he's talking to me, and um, I'm not saying anything. You know, um, but it always starts with me recognizing who he is and who I'm not, and and the fact that my weaknesses are not my greatest strength. You know, I mean, I don't know if I said that right, but, but being acknowledging that without him I'm nothing. I mean, I, I'm literally I'm literally just dust. You know. So 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 you can't see him. Nope. You can't feel him. Nope. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, are there I certain things
1: that. when you talk to him? Are there certain things when you really have to have mm-hmm. a conversation with the Father? Mm-hmm. It's like any with any other friend. Is, are there things that you do? Some people go to the same place in their room to pray in their house. I don't have to do that. I don't either. I, to
0: me, it's like breathing. You know, it's, it's, you know, in Hebrews, it's talk about entering into his rest, right? Yep. You know, when, you, um, when you're um, in relationship with someone, even your wife, you know, you can sit in the same room with her and and not say a word and be very comfortable with her. All right? or, or, or just, just just, relaxing. To me, it's like breathing. You know, there's no effort to it. Mm-hmm. You have to, because he's the one in control. He's the one that started the relationship. I was, I was, I was needing the relationship. He started the relationship. He opened my eyes. I, he, it's not the other way around. He knew everything there was to know about me. You know, so, you know, I'm totally dependent upon him to, to really initiate. You know, I yeah, I go to the I go into my prayer closet and I get on my knees and I I cry out to him, but um, it's uh, it's really up to him. It's you know,
1: what about you, Toby?
0: Yeah, um,
2: you know you you know I'm thinking to be celebrating this this fall 51 years with Julie. Yep. Uh, when you when you're around somebody like your wife mm-hmm. and you've been together that long. It's, it's kind of the same kind of relationship with God. He knows what you're thinking before you ever say it. Uh, an example type of thing for me, me and Julie's got a, just has a thing that we've all, she's said to me before. We've been sitting there watching TV or, and, and maybe I'm just sitting there and I'm, I'm just looking blank. I may be just looking out over here to the floor. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, she'll say, What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about? And I'll say, Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, Nothing. A and so I'm just noise sitting noise. there. <laughs> and so it's then got down to the point now where I'll be sitting there and I might just be staring out, and just not paying attention to nothing. And she'll say, Are you in your nothing box? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
0: Yes let me share this with so there is that place you. my grandson and my son and i were coming back from um, from malden from an event and my grandson was sitting in the back of the truck my, my son sitting beside me and we drove down 385 not a word between us and my grandson said it's quiet in here and <laughs> and i said yeah he said i like it <laughs> <laughs>
1: well that's the year leading into my next point i can tell you the way in which I connect with the father. There's a lot of the 24 seven prayer. Like you talked about, Paul said, pray without ceasing. It's like breathing. When I intentionally want to go spend time with him, I like to get outside where it's quiet with just me and him. Mm. I think one of the most underrated tools of developing intimacy with God that we don't talk about enough is solitude. Right right now, I can hear our Ascent students down the hall. It sounds like a carnival, loud. Mm-hmm. I hear sounds above us, people walking around. There, when's the last time you've been in a place where you can hear nothing? It's why I do these hikes on Friday. Yeah. There are some times on these hikes when you can hear no other human noise, no cars, no nothing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. almost brilliantly eerie. Matter of fact, our favorite trail to hike around here is Pinnacle Mountain. And when we get to the summit, when you get up there, I mean, it's nothing. Yeah. I think the reason a lot of people have a hard time connecting to a God they can't hear and see and touch, feel, taste, is when there's, when there's other distractions, when there's other noise, it's very difficult to connect with Him. Remember when Elijah... After he had that moment on Mount Carmel, Mm. he really, I mean, this is a person that knew God really well. That's right. He really expected God to come in a boom and he came in a whisper. That's right. What, just be honest, where are you guys at on solitude? Do you choose into it? At your age, you may, your kids are grown out of the house. For me, if I don't choose into solitude, I'm telling
0: you, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't think I have to. Because, you know, I love having my family around me. I love the, the, my grandchildren, they are wide open. My little (laughs) four-year-old grandchild, she'll run through the house screaming. And it doesn't even wrinkle me, you know. It doesn't even bother me. I just love to see it, you know. I I think because Father is giving me such a patience that, I mean, 20 years ago, I couldn't do that. I I mean, literally, I would have told her. Get, go sit down, (laughs) you know, find something to do. But I just love watching her, you know, Hmm. and she's different. She's different from her brothers and sisters. So you at 62 is different from 42. Exactly. What got you there? Father. It has to be father Hmm. because I know I'm not the same man I was even last year. You know, the amount of patience he's, he's brought in me is like, Hmm. it's unmeasurable. My sons will tell me, you're not. You're different. You don't, (laughs) you used to do this. You used to do that. You know, and they look at the way I treat my grandkids and it's like, you know. Do you know one of the signs of friendship with
1: God that's measurable? The older you get, the more childlike you become. Yeah. And 99 times out of 100, it's the opposite. My grandfather on my mom's side was a friend of God. Mm -hmm. He was so playful up to the day of his death. There's something about what you're talking about that's actually measurable when it comes to friendship with God. Yeah. Most people are different. Yeah. It's like the movie Grumpy Old Man. It's like the older you get, the grumpier you have to become. Well, maybe that's not true. No, no. Yeah. Heidi Baker says that a couple of signs you know you're close to God is the closer to God you get, the more you cry. Yeah. And the closer to God you get, the more you have a passion for kiddos. Yeah.
0: I had a dream. Um, I met a lady named Al. She had red hair. And she was walking me through, and she was giving me a report card. And she said, you have a fifth-grade faith. And in the dream, I was like, huh? You know, I was kind of insulted. <laughs> and then I was sharing it with my son, and he said, you know, that's, that's pretty good. I said, what do you mean? And, you know, and then I saw what he meant, you know, um, and I embraced it. But, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, the closer you get to God... The more like you become like a child.
1: Fred, why does that matter? To God? Why does childlike faith matter to God?
2: Uh, because he still knows that he can teach you yeah. that you're still teachable. Yeah The older you get, the more family thinks that you have all the answers, and if you don't have time that you have spent with God to be able to lead your family. Uh, then, you know, you, you're you not going to be able to lead well mm. if not spending time. I was sitting here thinking, you know, I used to go to 26 or seven years in a row. I went to Eatonton and went to the men's advance yep. there. And on Saturday afternoon, it, it was it was a time that I looked forward to every year that I wouldn't go to any of the breakout sessions. I'd go on a walk through the woods and I'd start out on a trail but then I'd veer off that trail and I'm talking about I am beating down briars and limbs and I'm, I'm lost. I'm out in the woods totally lost. For four hours, I would wander around in those woods talking to God. That was a a place where I could have communion with him, a place where I could depend on him and I'm kind of like, you know, it is maybe time that I might start finding a hard road up here where I can get out of here. Mm-hmm. And there was a time it, every year, every year he would reveal something new to me. Mm-hmm. Every year.
0: Yeah.
2: And it's cold. You remember how cold it was? You went that one year and it's, it's cold in Eaton, Georgia in January. And we got to a stream. I got to a stream that was coming through. It wasn't that wide. I mean, just that wide, just a little short, little, little narrow, I mean, uh, shallow uh, spring. So I'm thinking, I can just step over that. Won't get my feet wet. I'll just step over that. Don't have to take a running jump. So I did. Now, I was a lot younger. So I stepped across the stream, and when my foot hit the other side, I didn't know how soft the ground was. My foot sucked up in that ground to where I was up to my knee type in mud. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm in trouble. So the only other thing I could think of is well, I need to bring the other foot over here and try to step and get myself out. And when I did that, y'all I'm up to near about my waist in this mud. That would have been the most unusual death in the history of those events. How'd you get out? When I pulled my leg, I had to lay. It was like being in quicksand. I had to lay over here on the ground and pull my leg out. And when I did the suction of the mud, pulled my boot off. Now my boot's down in the mud. Mm -hmm. Now I get out and I'm having to dig down in this stuff to find my boot. And when I did, it was like the Lord was just, he was laughing, I was kind of laughing. He was laughing at me. And I said, so what do I do now? And he said, you've got to clean yourself up. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. What do you mean clean myself up? He said, you have to clean yourself up before I can use you. And there was things just started. I literally went down. You know that you've seen that part. I followed that stream until it dumped into the lake. I walked out in that lake with all my clothes on. And it's freezing cold.
1: There's something about that being literally outside. He's showing me now while you're talking. Gethsemane was outside. Mm -hmm. I can't figure it out and I can't preach it. When I desperately need to connect with him i go outside there's something about even god even speaks to us in his nature jack hancock said to me one time he went through a bible study brand of brothers back in the day we become too domesticated
0: yeah
2: oh wow we've yeah. become
1: too domesticated yeah that's a beautiful book too yeah. there's something about let's let's so let's let's close over the next five minutes or so what are some different pathways in which we can connect with god um, I connect with God. I love to read. I love I love to read His Word, not to study something to teach it, I, not that, yeah. just to get in it. Yeah. I was in Psalm fifty-seven last night, just just absorbing it. Uh, that I love to turn some music on and literally soak. What are some of the things? What What, what do y'all do? I love to cook. Mm. A lot of people think, well, that's not spiritual. I think everything's
0: spiritual. I think everything is spiritual. Everything. Wow. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, on both sides, on dark and light, everything is spiritual. A Man is, I mean, the Bible says we're like sheep, all right? <laughs> sheep don't have a clue unless they're led. And we're willing and always willing to be led by something, all right? And that's why it's important for us to connect with God because, see, he knows how fragile we are. And um, I can hear him, I can hear him in the car by myself, and I can hear him in the midst of, of, of people, you know um for me it's he has taught me so much patience all right that that um that i think my heart is i mean if if you look at my my heart rate may be beating at say 80 but my spiritual heart it's like in the low 60s you know because i don't get excited about stuff you know i just really take life as a as as it comes i'm good with the curveball I'm good with the fastball, you know, and um, I just relax pretty much. You think you're more relaxed now than you were at 42? Oh, definitely, definitely. What
1: do you do 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 practically?
2: Of course, you know, I've told you about how it used to be when I pulled into the country club uh, in Moultrie. There was a railroad track that used to run right at the entrance of the gate, and there was big brick columns there going into the golf course. And we just sort of had a an understanding that no cell phones on the golf course, Tim Deming would not be able to play golf <laughs> in Moultrie, Georgia.
1: Well, he does sell cars for a living.
2: <laughs> and, um, you yeah, know, on every hole. He sells 18 cars a day on that golf course. If he could. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when we would pull in, when I would pull into that gate, it was always like I'm leaving the world out here. Okay, you're saying something now.
1: There's a part of this, Fred, that's about retreating. Now, I'm not necessarily saying going on a retreat for four or five days. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have built-in disciplines to retreat, you know, you want to know one of the ways I retreat? I cannot tell you last time I turned on my radio in my truck. Really? Oh, no. You know what I do? I use it. So I I have, what, 12 minutes to work, 12 Mm -hmm. minutes home Mm -hmm. during quarantine. When it's not during COVID stuff, it can take me an hour. I just I say, okay, I get this much time, I'm, I'm going to just listen to you, Father. I think what I'm trying to say is this. Connecting to God's never going to accidentally happen. Even when Paul says, I pray without ceasing, well, that's on his end. Yesterday's show is about guarding my own heart. Don't let it become a heart. My time, I'm on, do you know, and we'll close here, do you know that there are already rehab clinics for people addicted to social media? Oh, yeah. I'm well, serious. I could imagine. They're saying in 20 yeah. years, guys, I know you're going to find this yes. to believe. Yeah. The way that we have alcoholic centers to help people get off alcohol. Mm-hmm. Do you know how
0: many people are uh, literally addicted to social media? You can find out what you're addicted to when it, you no longer have it, when it calls your name. Uh, the Lord's taken me through a season now where I, I I've cut off all my streaming services. I have no t- real TV, you know? And, um, I'll walk in the kitchen and the, the impulse to turn on the television is there, you know, and I'm like, okay, what was that, you know, because it's calling me. It's literally calling me, you know. One of the things that I've learned to do in order to connect with Father is find out what's got my heart, all right? If I have to do something, then that something has my heart. If that, I have to do it to make me feel good, to relax me, then that something has my heart. You know, so I, I try to focus in them when when my heart is disturbed or if I'm anxious for something, I'm like, okay, Father, what's going on? You know, reveal to me why my heart, why am I disturbed like this? And that's how I stay. I think I stay grounded with Him. That's how I stay um, patient. You know,
1: if you notice, you, we've listed some
0: really practical things today. And I tell you
1: this: if you're going to walk in a high level of friendship with God, I promise you, you're going to have to eliminate some things, plural. Yeah. not singular, some things in your life that are keeping you connecting with him. Um, I, I've, I sense him in my life in this season wooing me to the deepest place I've ever been in with him. Um, been doing alternate day fasting for two months now. Even that is withdrawing from something to connect with him. Yesterday I said, you know what, I just need to cancel our TV. We don't even watch it in the first place. Uh, when I don't go on a hike on a Friday, I feel like I've missed something. I gave uh, Shayla Ramos a word. I said, you're going you're gonna to realize bad theology, but you know what I mean. God's more in the mountains than he is in, in your everyday life. And that's what she said. She went on a hike, Sassafras Mountain, and he, she said, God's more up here than he is at home. Well, we know that's not true, but what she's really saying, I was being facetious, when you get away, when you yeah. when you retreat, mm-hmm. when you go to the woods for four hours, when you put your phone down, you'll connect with Him. I bless you in the name of Jesus to not Mm -hmm. over-spiritualize this whole thing. Don't be more spiritual than even God is. And ask the Holy Spirit to search you. What are some things you could give up to consecrate in your life to bond with Him in in deeper ways? Go in peace. God bless. Thanks for joining us on Coach and Joe, a YouTube talk show and podcast that helps you walk in genuine friendship with God. Check out CoachandJoe.com for epic merch, weekly blogs, and ways to help keep us up and running. We'll see you next time on Coach and Joe.